0: you <laughs> Hello everybody. Welcome to another conversation with the Three Geeks podcast. It's Justin and I back together. It's been a while since Justin and I have done one of these together. Today we are joined by Rocky Kramer who is a musician. Rocky, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Can't complain. It's been a good it's been a good week so far.
1: Awesome. So tell us right. about yourself. What got you into music? Oh, you know what? Uh I come from a musical family, so music was just—I was—it was in the house. So I, uh, you know, I—I I caught the bug, and uh, which might be a bad thing to say these days, but—but <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was—you know—my father was a first violinist in the Trondheim Symphony Orchestra. So, uh, uh, and uh, my mother was in a—she uh, was in a choir, so that's how they met, and that's how uh, uh, basically that's why I exist. So there's a lot of classical music in the house. And uh, I uh, started on the violin because my father's a violinist. And uh, it sort of went from there to the electric guitar because I fell in love with rock and roll. And uh, hey, here I am. I still love it. still love playing guitar. And, you know, now I'm doing it without having to worry about school and all those things. It's just what I do all day.
2: So was that a little con- uh, contentious? Was that a little bit of a uh, butting heads? If you're a violinist father and a guitarist son, was that like a little uh, differently? Like-
1: <laughs> well, you know, I was, uh, I was definitely encouraged to stick with the violin, and that was, it was, it was a bit of a battle there. But uh, I definitely realized the moment that I played guitar that this was the this was the instrument for me, and uh, that. Uh, as much as I, you know, I, I, when I picked up a violin, I, I, basically knew how to play it immediately. It was just, it was just there. It was, like, it was meant to be. Like, this is, this was my instrument. So I played that for years, not really thinking so much about it. But the moment I played guitar, it was a different feeling. It was more, like, that I chose it instead of it choosing me. Sure. And, and uh, you know, that means something. So, uh, and the other aspect of it was that I, I liked uh writing music on the on the guitar because on the violin it was always something that was you know you know Vivaldi or something you know very old you know hundreds of years old something that many many people have played before and uh I guess I liked switching to the guitar because I could kind of do something on my own even though technically I'm not saying you can't write music on a violin you certainly can And don't get me wrong but I definitely felt more inspired to write on, on the guitar because of the chords and everything. I guess probably the same thing with the piano, you know, because sure. the violin, you're playing maybe one or two notes at, at the same time. On the guitar, you can play six strings at once, and, and that's kind of just a part of the guitar.
0: I love the sound of the guitar and the piano. I think the piano is totally underused these days. But uh, yeah, no, I love the guitar. It's, it's, it's how rock and roll music's made right? Can you have rock and roll without a guitar?
1: I, I ho- sure hope not. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think some people have tried to replace it with synthesizers, and uh, I'm not here to say anything bad about synthesizers because I like synthesizers, synthesizers too, but uh, I think that guitars have a certain, it's just a certain sound. It's probably the, the distortion, and uh, which was really something that was never really meant to be that way it was just because back in the old days they were turning their amps up because people couldn't hear so they had to turn all the way up and they just because they were tube amps they they would distort it was just a natural part of of the technology you know it was the limitation of technology that basically created the sounds that we're all used to and then of course it became so uh so you know so uh, recognizable that people started making amps that would distort even on, on a lower level and that that's kind of that's where we are now and now amps are so incredible that you know it, it's 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 amazing
0: what groups did you grow up listening to
1: you know i i remember like my the first band i was really into was kiss and i don't know if you guys are kiss fans but um the lack of response i will say no
0: no, but, no, I like KISS. I like KISS. I was an A C D C guy primarily, but I like
1: KISS. It, all right. If you if you're gonna say A C D C, let's go to let's switch to A C D C because I can talk about KISS all day. Uh, <laughs> when I was 12, I that, that's when I caught the A C D C bug. And uh, again here with uh, catching bugs, I don't know why I'm doing this, but uh, <laughs> I, and I remember buying every C every C D of A C D C. That's a little tricky one to say. <laughs> and uh, I had to go to all these different record stores back in the days when there were record stores. And uh, it was just, uh, even though you can say C D C is kind of, every album is the same, I, I, you know, maybe that's the right thing to do. It's the formula they have. Like, they figured it out. We're not going to experiment. We're just going to keep it the same way. And it works for them somehow. Yeah, it, that's it's what they did. they did it's simple but it works and that's you know that that's a good that's a good thing so definitely love acdc i also even even early on was listening to you know black sabbath and ozzy kind of heavier stuff and i've been I've been through a lot I've, I've listened to i think everything at this point that is of interest but eh uh, ingve malmsteen who is a swedish greatest swedish guitar player uh, was a big influence uh, when I was about 13, 14, and that sort of made a big difference. And uh, uh, there's a band called Dream Theater, which is progressive metal. Definitely mm-hmm. changed a lot of things for me, just in terms of how you write a song, how you, you know, keep the listener interested, because a lot of their songs are, you know, 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes long, and you can't just have a verse and chorus another verse and chorus and then another verse and chorus when you're writing songs like that. So just and I was always interested in the progressive side, and uh, which of course I have to mention Pink Floyd because Pink Floyd was yeah. one of the early bands that I listened to that really blew me away because it was more than just music. Uh, you know, a lot of like ACDC, that's music. You know, it's rock and roll. You're listening to, it, but Pink Floyd is almost like you know when you're listening to it, you're, you're you can almost you know zone out and, and it's an experience. It's, yeah, for sure, it's an experience when you're listening to. It. Uh, hopefully on a good stereo, you know, and all that, or good headphones. But it's just, a, it's an amazing, uh, it, it's something you've never heard before. You know, some of the, those songs are just unbelievable. And uh, I think that was a big deal to me, was hearing something that just is so different than what you hear normally, on the at least on the radio or, you know, the popular stuff.
2: So, so is, was there a, a Norwegian band that really spoke to you too? Or was there a regional band that you really enjoyed that people might not know about?
1: Uh, definitely early on, uh, there's a there's a band called TNT, and they're probably the biggest rock band, uh, at least in uh, from Trondheim, which is where I'm from, and uh, they are a big, at least in Norway, but they they have a, an American singer, or at least they used to. I'm not sure where they're at right now, they've been a little bit, you know, they've had like a reunion a little bit, uh, okay, he's now he's in Skid Row, and now he's back, uh, and uh, uh, he's Tony Harnell. So he's he's, he's playing he's, he's been in in a few other bands. So, uh, but that was one of my first experience with rock and roll was seeing them at a dress rehearsal, and uh, just that blew me away. You know, just I was, I was I think I was I guess six years old, and uh, I got to see you know dry ice coming out. You know, it looks like <laughs> you know fog on the on the stage floor, and it's just it's amazing. Like when you see that in real life, because it's like magic, and and especially at that age, magic is still relatively real. And uh, it's really fun to see something like that in real life. It's not just in the movies. And uh, just having them right in front of me, it was like, oh, my God, I want to do this. And uh, so th- that was definitely an inspiration. Um, but also just in school, you know, we had a abandoned school that was, uh, for some reason, they just really, they were really good. You know, like <laughs> they were this an awesome band, kind of kind of like ACDC in a in a sense. Uh, they did play a few ACDC songs over the years uh for, for the school. And they just sounded really cool and it was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. You know, that was even though we, we never sounded that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all relative,
2: right? It's a lot of fun. Uh what what brought you to LA or what 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 kind of pulled you into the
1: States, I guess?
2: What what brought you here?
1: Well, because Uh, you know, when you want to be a musician, it's a little, it was hard to get going in in Norway because there's this, the music industry is a little bit, uh, a little bit limited. And a lot of it is, 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 you know, they want you to sing in Norwegian. They want you to sing about, you know, Norwegian things. And uh, not that I have anything against that. It was just what, it wasn't what I was doing. I was very influenced by uh, British and, and American music. And uh, I always wrote, or not necessarily always, but 99% of my songs were in English. Even when my English was, was terrible, I, I would still write you know, English lyrics and, and try to make sense of it. And, and looking at it you know, years later, it's, it's like, wait, what? what? What does this mean? <laughs> but uh, so, so I realized eventually that if I want to make it, I have to go to the US. And I, I decided to go to LA eventually. Uh, even though I was considering New York and LA, and and I picked LA because I like palm tr- palm trees and and you know the nice- definitely
2: the right choice in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think
1: I think I made the right choice in that sense because it, it, it uh, it's 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 an happening town, and uh, I just wanted to go here and see if I would meet people. So I really went here. I mean, officially, I went here to to study. Uh, I went to, you know I went to school here. And I uh, just figured I'll go to Hollywood you know, on the weekends and see if I can make anything happen. And eventually I did, and so I, that's how I got involved with Allied Artists and and uh, and got a record deal and all those things. So that's you know it sort of slowly happened, even though I was definitely wasn't sure if it ever was going to happen when when I first got here and and played a few gigs and you know for like three people. And, you know it's, right. it, it's it's it hurts you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh yeah so uh, eventually i I ran into uh, i met a a guitar player who was the guitar player for alice cooper and and blues image and iron Iron butterfly uh mike Panera, and uh uh, that's his name not in the band even though he was in a band called mike Panera i guess but (laughs) um, uh so he's the one that introduced me to kim richards who is the ceo of valorars international and he's the one that uh Got my career going, and and uh, he produced the album Firestorm, which is out now, or was out last year actually, and uh, kind of got the ball, you know, pushed that snowball down the hill, you know.
0: <laughs>
1: right. Have you uh, been able to do any like uh, online concerts
0: since the pandemic happened?
1: I that is actually what I've been doing. It's, it's pretty much all I can do, and uh, when when the pandemic happened, I. I wasn't sure what to do right away because we were planning on going on tour in the summer and you know the tour was wasn't going to happen
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, we looked at all the options and we we're looking at different streaming sites and uh i was familiar with twitch and i already had an account so i decided to start streaming on twitch so it basically turned into a weekly show called rock and roll tuesdays and uh it's at 7 p.m pacific every tuesday and it's really just two hours of me playing rock and roll, and, you know, we can talk about rock and roll, and, and, you know, I do, I, I sing, and I play guitar, and we have a good time, and we did a show last night, it was, was good, you know, a lot of, you know, hundreds of people stop by every night, so it's, it's nice, uh, or every, every Tuesday night, I should say. Right, right. So, um, uh, we have a good time, and it actually develop fans because of it, it's not just people that were fans, but, you know, a lot of people who didn't know who I was, they stop by, and this, like, you know, what's this? Well, what's this about? And then all of a sudden, they're there next week, and and that's cool. You know, it's nice to it's nice to develop fans at a time when a lot of people are just kind of feel like they're stuck, not being able to do anything because there's not a lot of production, and obviously there's no tours and concerts. And uh, I do definitely uh, I look forward to going back to that, but uh, it, it keeps me it keeps me working hard because otherwise, you know, you, maybe you just don't want to work because. You don't have anything to work towards i like having always having a goal i think that's really important whatever's going on you should always have something that you're working towards so that you're staying busy and staying healthy and all those things you know try to avoid all the bad habits i'm
0: curious what age did you learn english
1: i i guess it depends on how you look at it i first had english at uh, about the age of seven in school but it was pretty basic and we don't have like our English is all grammar and maybe a little bit of writing and all that. Like like in the U.S., English is it becomes about literature and all those things and you're reading books and stuff. But uh, it's always grammar for us. And we were done with English in school at uh, the second year of high school. So we're not even not even like when you're graduating high school, you're already done with English. Or, I guess you can technically learn more if you want to. And, uh, but, uh, I, like, when I, the first time I was in the US, I was nine years old and I barely spoke English. And I was just, uh, I remember, uh, I guess it was at like immigration or something where they're like asking you questions. And, and my dad was talking to them and, and he asked me a question and I was like, what is he saying? <laughs> and I just wanted to But, uh, uh, I knew from an early age that I wanted to move here, so at least uh, from like 13, 14, I was really paying close attention to English and watching... Of course, I watch a lot of shows on, on TV that are made in the US and it's all in English, and and unlike uh, countries like Germany and, and, and France or, or Spain, where they, they overdub everything in their own language, everything in Norway is, is, it has subtitles. It's, so you get the original language. So we watch The Simpsons in English with subtitles, whereas in, in Germany it's all you know, it's in it's in Deutsch, it's it's in Deutsch and, uh, and uh, you know du hast uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I was trying to say something in German. I had German in school, by the way. But uh, Trinny and Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, like, the reason I asked is because you speak English like somebody who spoke it their whole life. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, But um, have you met any of the guys from KISS yet? Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Frehley,
1: any of those guys? Uh, I have. um, I'll I'll tell you a little little, uh, short story. I I was at uh, when I was I was recording demos with with Mike Pinera before uh, getting signed without an artist. Uh, Mike uh, invited me to the Roxy. Uh, Are you guys in L.A., by the way? No, no, we're in Ohio. Okay, so uh, if you don't know what the Roxy is, it's it's a it's a club in in, in Hollywood or or, yeah, I guess you can call it Hollywood. Is it West as Hollywood? soon as the
0: pandemic is over, I'm going to Hollywood for okay an extended <laughs> oh. vacation. He's moving because yeah, sure right. I get to work from home, so I'm going to take my work to
1: California for a few weeks. It's going to be great. I love it. It sounds good. Awesome. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hopefully that will be soon, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so the Roxy, so Gene was playing there for, and he was doing something with uh, Gene Simmons Family Jewels, so, so they, were, they were there, so we went there for that, and uh, Gene and, and Eric Singer and uh, Tommy Thayer were uh, at the Rainbow, which is right next door. Rainbow is like the famous restaurant where all the rockers go to, I guess, to get drunk. Uh, Lemmy was a big fan of the Rainbow. He used the go there he actually used to live very close by so he would just walk down there because he didn't have a driver's license he would just walk (laughs) down there and play the video poker uh (laughs) you know every night or something uh so and i suppose to drink and things like that you know sure so it was just uh, that type of place ron jeremy is there a lot too or was now he's I'm not sure what he's doing. Whatever
2: right? he wants to do, right?
1: <laughs> Whatever, well, yeah. Well, he's had some legal issues. I don't know if he's is he in, is he locked up or not. I, don't I have know no idea. Right. I have no idea. But um, uh, so anyway, so we were there. So Gene was there, and Tommy and Eric were there. I didn't. I didn't. I, I sort of briefly was introduced to them, but uh, very briefly. Uh, and I ta- I talked a little bit to Eric at the Roxy afterwards, just a little bit. Just wanted to say, you know, thank you for. For everything and 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 you know, kept it very short. I don't like to bother people. And what do you say anyway? What do you say to people? Yeah, that's hard. Your idols because they've heard everything, right? And I, I feel like I don't want to be just just a parrot saying the same things. Even though I certainly I appreciate everything they've done and and I love everything they've done, but I still uh, you know do I bother them like a fan and start talking about you know really complicated. Questions about uh their, their past because a lot of the times they don't even remember.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> Ask Ace Fraley about 1977.
2: He's not gonna know. <laughs> know there's man. a lot of beer between now and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lot, beer, uh, beer,
0: uh, beer and other th- substances. Other sure. Illicit. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did your boor- uh, your band, sorry, not born, uh kind of form? I know you mentioned meaning your guitarist, but how there's a couple other folks in your band, right? So how did that come about?
1: Uh, we, so yeah. So when I came here, I, I didn't know anyone. I didn't have a band. I didn't have anybody uh, w- working with me. So after getting signed, we basically said, well, before we go in the studio, we need a band. And uh, we decided that it might make more sense to find more of a permanent band than just hiring some session guys on the on the album and then have somebody different on the tour and then have somebody different on the next album. Figured, see if we can find somebody that is more like permanent and we can put on the website and all that so we started auditioning drummers and we had uh like 17 drummers auditioned in one day and it was it was a hot day at at this rehearsal (laughs) facility in uh i guess it's in burbank and uh the last guy was uh, alejandro mercado who had just moved from chicago and uh, he was just sort of figuring out la and it was one of his first auditions for a band and it, it was exciting like his mother drove him there <laughs> awesome. it, was, it was it was it was kind of cute the whole thing and and he, <laughs> he came in you know and we were kind of you know kind of tired but you know excited and and, and hopefully he was the right one and when he first started playing we were just blown away by his power because he's he's shorter than me and but he plays like he's much you know bigger than me like he's, he's he's a big monster like like John Bonham you know and uh, and in, a, in addition to that he was he was hilarious he, he was very funny he had a great personality and we just we got along right away and and sometimes that that's like that's like that big bonus you get when you find the right person because I think a lot of those drummers could have probably played everything and played it it would have been fine they would have delivered. But I think Alejandro, uh, and it's not just, I'm not saying we hired him just for his personality. We also uh, had, uh, after working with him for a while, I realized that he he started adding little things to his parts, which made the drums much more interesting. And it's actually kind of helped me as a songwriter, when I think about how the drums should be, it's thinking about sort of the little things that he's added actually has uh, helped me. Uh, in, in that regard so it, it's 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 interesting how you learn from other other musicians and sure. uh but anyway he brought in michael dwyer who was teaching at mi he's a, ba- a base uh teaching bass or i guess he was it's like a punk bass class even though he's not he's not really like a punk uh bass player he's he's very versatile he's, he's, a, he's a great bass player uh so he was teaching there while alejandra was um uh going to uh he was a student right sure and that's how they met so he just like asked him do you want an audition and uh, we'd already auditioned a couple of bass players and it kind of it wasn't the right fit yet you know what i mean so michael came in and all of a sudden it just made sense with the three of us but uh, my music is is just you know there's a lot of keyboard a lot of instrumentation which is kind of because i come from a classical background i'm used to hearing orchestras so I want to sort of bring in that orchestra sound, for, you know, in, in a rock band, true, true. and and the that's a little bit uh, sometimes that's a little bit tricky because you got to switch sounds and you go, you might have to have a lot of keyboards and all that. But uh, so I knew it wasn't going to be the super easy thing to do. So uh, we did audition a lot of keyboard players, and we, we we've had we've been through a few. Uh, like we had John Dunmore play on the album, and he was he was in the band for a while, and then. We had uh, Alessandro Bertoni was was playing with us on on some shows, and then now it's Matt Grossman who was on tour with us in the UK, and he's uh, um, he's really really awesome. Who's interestingly also uh, plays very well classical piano, so uh, uh, it's a it's a really good fit because he's it, both into the rock and into the classical, so it, it sort of works very well with what I'm doing so it 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 looks like this is gonna be the um the lineup from now on and uh, hopefully we'll be in the studio at, I'm hoping at least in, in this year <laughs> yeah, yeah. things aren't too crazy I, I know some people are in the studio right now, but it's uh it's a little we're, we're just being a little extra careful just so that we don't sure. do anything stupid so
2: so, so it kind of brings up two questions that I had, uh, and they're kind of the same question, but two different parts of it. Um, what what was your favorite venue to tour to and favorite band? I assume you traveled with other bands, favorite band to travel with.
1: Um. So I would say that uh, we uh, mo- the most recent tour was uh, with the Buck Cherry, and uh, it was pretty pleasant because they were – they had their own bus, and then we had our our own arrangement. <laughs> we had a, a a big van, which sounds like it sounds small, but it was it was, a, it was it, we had nine people in there, and we had lots yeah. of and everything. But uh, uh and uh, they were very nice; they were very uh, uh, pleasant with us. And there was another band called the um, the Treatment, which was there were three bands every night, so we, we, there was a lot of rock and roll. There was a lot. It was it was a good. Uh, uh, Value for your money uh, if, you were, if you saw that show, and uh, we had a good time with those guys. Both bands were very nice, and we had, we got along very well. Uh, but we, you know, uh, yeah, we played with some other bands, but you know, we, we opened up for Black and Blue, which I don't think we ever saw those guys. <laughs> you know? it was like, where were they? I don't know. You know, we're <laughs> on stage, and, and and it's a little tricky because when when you got an opening act that is. Is, is you know it's a big band you don't get to really use their equipment so it's, it's, it's a oh, little okay. like you have to be in front of their equipment so, <laughs> so it's a little tight <laughs> of space and everything but, uh, but that kind of you know you get used to that but uh, uh you're asking about the best venue i gosh what well, uh, is your favorite
2: it doesn't have to be best it's just your favorite right? my
1: favorite uh I, I guess i can answer it in a few ways in in the u.s uh, the whiskey is a great place. The whiskey a go go, which is in Hollywood, that's a that's that's a fun place to play because it's it's on the Sunset Strip. It's it, it is a historic venue, and I and I just discovered I guess a few months ago that Kiss never played there. Their their first time playing the whiskey was I think last year. That's and crazy. I, I was like, what? I thought they would have played there because they played a lot of other famous venues here in la like the smaller ones i mean they have obviously played the big the big ones mm-hmm. done that many times but they play the troubadour and and uh, well like i said gene played the roxy and uh I'm trying to think of the other ones i think they played other places too so i was a little bit surprised that because the whiskey is kind of the famous whiskey was you know the doors and mm-hmm. Guns and roses and all that stuff but hey whatever i guess Kiss just uh, didn't do it. So finally they did it. So I I wasn't able to go. I didn't even find out about it until a couple of days after. <laughs> oh, oh, I wanted to see that. But, uh, so the whiskey is fun. Uh, when we played in the UK, we actually played some good good places there. We played like the O2 Academy in, in uh, London, which is, which is a great venue. And we played, I forget the name of a few of the places, but there was one in Cardiff that I thought was a, a nice venue. And uh, there were a few other ones that... Uh, it's always nice when the when it, to me it's always more important that the audience is having a good time you know uh, sure. we we play you know for a different different audience every night and that's sometimes people are like what's this you know <laughs> and a lot of times they're like I don't know what it is but it's cool <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well Rocky where can everybody find you online? It's uh, probably. The, uh, well, the easiest is probably to go to RockyKramer.com That There's a link there to, I believe, everything. But uh, it's usually Rocky Kramer on social media, except Facebook, which is Rocky Kramer official. But everything like Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Twitch, it's all Rocky Kramer in uh, one word. So it should be fairly easy.
0: <laughs> awesome. I want to thank you so much. Where can everybody find the album?
1: The album is available in uh, multiple ways it's available on most digital platforms except spotify so it is available on on apple music and pandora i guess and whatever people use i don't know what people use these days (laughs) i uh, I, I have a suspicion a lot of it is spotify but uh uh, if you if you're the old-fashioned person or uh, maybe a cool person and you like vinyl then uh, it is available on vinyl. It is a double vinyl, 180 gram, all that stuff, all the goodies. It's the it's it's the best type of vinyl you'll get. Uh, and yeah. Mastered by uh, Bernie Grundman, who is one of the best mastering engineers in the world. So uh, it's 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 a great experience, and it is available on CD too, if if, if that's uh, something that interests you.
2: <laughs> but definitely buy vinyl. It sounds like sounds like that's the way to go. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, I'm a vinyl guy too. My daughter actually collects vinyl. Ooh, I like
1: it. Yeah, I see that you got uh, got a good collection behind you. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, (laughs) I like it.
0: But again, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. I've been waiting to get musicians on, and you're our first. And we got another one scheduled for Friday, so I'm really excited. But uh, again, thank you. And uh, everybody, check out Rocky's stuff, RockyCramer.com. I'll put the links in the description below. And from all of us, have a great night.